so for those that don't know me, I'm Nick Wharton, and I teach over at Central Magnet School. I'm a physics teacher, math teacher by trade, and um, and I'm uh, and I grew up watching Star Trek, uh, the old black and white ones, right? And so like Spock was my hero. Uh, everything about my world was about logic. I, so I'm not a hugely emotional kind of person. So, uh, so, so, but I do feel excitement. I feel excitement about growing. I feel excitement about uh, about you growing. And as I've matured in my faith, it's occurred to me that there are a bunch of things that we just kind of expect people to do going to church, or we expect to happen to us coming to church going to church our whole lives, and I've seen people that went to church their whole lives, and they were still basically babies in Christ. They were still needing milk. And so uh, the scripture has a lot to say about maturity, and so y'all are at a point where a lot of the things that you have believed were things that you kind of taken on because your parents or your culture around you believed and taught you, and you've absorbed that, and you're at a real pivotal point where you actually decide how much of this is what I believe, how much of this is uh, is true, what I consider true, and how do I discern truth? And so, faith is uh, faith is the foundation upon which all our spiritual growth lies. And when I first went to Rutherford County, Cheryl and I, and my wife's here today, Richard and Cheryl, my wife Cheryl. So she's here today, so I'll refrain from telling cool stories about her today. <laughs> uh, when we first moved to Rutherford County, we, we hired a contractor uh, to build us a house, and uh, the real estate agent said, uh, "Would you? Uh, how about this? How about this contractor? We knew nobody. We knew no contractors whatsoever. So the very first thing I said was, I want to go see a house." That this person is building. Actually, I want to see two houses the person is building. And the contractor goes, Good, he's got one almost finished over here. We can go see it. And I said, No, I want to go see one where the foundation has just been poured and laid. And I want to see another one where they've just got the walls up that is the two before. Okay? And he said, That's kind of odd. Don't you care about the finished work? I said, the finished work is going to be garbage if the foundation is bad. I want to see the foundation. I want to know that this contractor is actually putting in a good foundation upon which to build the house. The house will be solid if the foundation is solid. Jesus said the same thing. Okay? It's an old song we used to sing, right? The last man built his house on the rock. How many of y'all sung that song? Yeah. Unfortunately, most of us think that that's a song about contracted building. But Jesus finished that parable. He finished that parable with these words. He says, He who hears my words and puts them into practice is like the wise man. And he who hears my words and doesn't put them into practice is the foolish man. It's about application. It's about putting the words into action. And I've maintained that our faith is that we're all acting. 
on our faith. Whatever we have faith in. Okay? If I have faith in science, that's going to show in my daily life. If I have faith in money and confidence in money, that's going to show in my daily life. If I have faith in God, that's going to show in your daily life. So, uh, so there's the premise. So, somebody read the, the verse for us here. kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man planted in his field. It was the smallest of seeds, yet it became as large as a tree, so the birds come and perch in its branches. And that's what I see with growth. I see, you know, when, we'll look at this and I'll, I'll, I'll make this quote again later when we talk about time, but, but when God wants a tree, he takes basically a lifetime to grow that tree. It only takes like three or four months to grow a squash. So here's the question. Do you want your faith to be a squash or a beautiful tree? There's the real question. Uh, a tree that, uh, that other people can take shelter and comfort in, enjoy the shade of, enjoy the fruit of. Okay. A tree that represents strength. A tree that provides for others wood and all, all these other things seeds for the birds and all that kind of stuff okay so so uh the things that we'll be looking at throughout the coming weeks are listed up here you'll see that there's a number of things where i use some uh 50 cent words uh like appropriation and entitlement and uh, consecration and stuff like that if you're not familiar with some of those words you'll We'll, we'll define those in class. Don't worry about it. Uh, but but I think that with I think that with the college uh, age audience, they should be familiar to you. You see that what we're doing is we're basically starting with faith. We're going to look at time and acceptance. This is something that your culture and my culture struggle with. I'll distinguish here with the generations. We've got. We've got uh, generations different in this class, different generations, and uh, and so acceptance, knowing who we really are, okay? knowing that we're accepted, and uh, and so we'll talk about that. Looking at our purpose and the preparation that God does for us, and prayer, and uh, what part the the word plays, and uh, and then just realizing that we're complete. Uh, most of us don't don't accept that we're complete we, and we'll see how that that's so and how that that's uh, and how that we can fool ourselves in many ways and then appropriation and uh, discovering our true identity so you know we got a, a baby here we were not sure if it was boy or girl uh, there are people in the culture that struggle with the same kinds of issues okay uh, and and so who, what's our true identity? How do I identify? Do I identify as a teacher? Do I identify as a male? Do I identify as an American? What's my identity really based on? And then we'll be looking at uh, consecration, that is to, to burn up or to, to, to offer up yourself. And, uh, and, and it's gift-giving gift is what it is. And then discipleship, and you'll see that all of these Go right along with our themes of grow and gather and, and go. And then uh, right before finals week, we're going to find rest. 
Yay. We found rest in God. Okay. So if you're not in college, that's okay. You can find rest too. So, <laughs> right? So faith is really the first step. It's the step that Abraham did when God said, go, I'm going to show you a land. He didn't say where the land was. He didn't say go north, go south, go east, go west. He said go. And Abraham stepped out in faith and said this voice. However God spoke to him, we don't really know, but we perceive that it's a, a voice from heaven or something. And Abraham gets this idea that God has told him to go. And he gathers up his flocks and he heads out. He doesn't even know where he's going. God says, I will show you a land. I'll show you the land. And, and he starts out. He says, I'm going to make you into many, many people. Abram's got an old wife at this point. He's an old man with an old wife. He didn't know the path. This is what he was commended for. He believed God. He had confidence or a faith in God. And so uh, uh, Moses, Moses makes an attempt to be an Israelite, but it's not a very good attempt. After 40 years in, in the wilderness, Moses actually has a faith in God. His faith in God changes the way that he leads, the way that he treats other people. Okay. And, uh, and so it's faith that inspired Peter to step out of the boat. Peter stepped out of the boat. And I just think, wow, if I had been there, Jesus is walking on the water, I'm going to go, that's cool. But I know the surface tension is not good enough to hold me up. Okay? I don't have that much buoyancy that I can walk on the water. I would have thought about all kinds of formulas and all kinds of math and stuff like that. Okay? And if I would have said, hey, this boat is perfectly safe. But Peter has a confidence in Jesus. A confidence that Jesus' power is enough to sustain him. That's faith. So, uh, again, somebody would read the verse for us. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you, unless, of course, you fail the test? Ooh, fail the test. God gives us tests. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He also, <laughs> you know, he also gives you tests so that you can see your own progress. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's part of what that's part of what we do is, is kind of a self-test as we as we go through school, as we go through studying, as we go through life, we do self-tests. Where am I in this spiritual journey? So what I'd like for you to do, uh, I think nobody on the couch is back there, so everybody's at a table. So uh, in in your table groups, I'd like for you to discuss uh, the following terms the, and, and just say how you think they're uh, the same or different or whatever I've got defined but I don't need a full definition and I don't want you to use uh, don't use devices to look it up so, so don't look it up but uh, wish, believe, conjecture faith, probability and hope go ahead and discuss that within your table groups I 
is more in something you trust. Yeah. Like if I have faith in something, I know it's going to happen, but I also trust that it's going to happen. Absolutely. So there's a trust factor yeah. in faith that doesn't exist in those others. Lady? Um, something that we were talking about, faith versus especially like wish and hope, is much less like self-centered. Like you can say like, oh, I hope this will happen, or I wish this would happen, but faith is more about like, I have faith that something, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And let's, let's use your dad, if we could, if I get too personal, let me know. Uh, let's use your dad as an example. God did not promise that he would heal I, I, I've not seen this anywhere in the Bible anyway, that he will heal Bailey's dad. But God has said that he will be with us in the struggle. God has said that this is a child of mine and I've got him. He did say that he will strengthen you for any task that comes before you. He did say, he did say, he did say. Do you hear what I'm saying there? I've got confidence in those things. I can wish or hope about those other things. I can express my sentiments to God, but God has got certain things that he does as God, and they're very different than the things that I experience as a human. And so I need to realize that I'm not God. This is very, very important. And this, this, this breeds a confidence in us that God is God. And that it's not just that God, I mean, God has promised he would hear Bailey's prayers. God has promised he would hear Ben's prayers for Bailey, intercessory prayer. God has promised us these things. God has promised us that he cares about the things that we care about. So these are things that God has promised, and I have confidence in that. I don't have confidence in just anything. You know, I want I want a... a I, I want a red Ferrari, okay? And, and, and I can wish for that all I want to. That's different than faith. And I can even take some actions on that. But that's different than, than true faith, okay? So uh, let's look at what the Bible, how the Bible defines faith. So uh, it's a rather lengthy verse, but I printed it at large. So if somebody would read that out for us. Faith is confidence in what we hope for, what we hope for, and assurance about what we don't see. This is what the ancients were defended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than painted. By faith, he was commended as righteous. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life, so that he didn't experience death. For for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You see that confidence there? That's a knowledge. That's a confidence that I don't have when I'm just wishing for things. Okay? I was told from an early age that I could be anything I wanted to. Anything I wanted to be. President of the United States, that seemed to be a desirable thing when I was a kid. Okay. Maybe not so much now. Okay. And I could be anything I wanted to be. Guess what? Even on this stage, I'm too short for a pro basketball player. Even standing up here. Okay? 
Wishing it, wanting it, garbage. It ain't happening. I'm not gonna be a linebacker. Even for a few I'm not gonna be a linebacker. Okay? I can eat, but guess where it's gonna go? It's just gonna go right here. <laughs> okay? I don't I, I don't have I don't have the frame for it. And that's genetics. Okay? I can wish, I tell people I'm, I'm 57 years old, I tell people that my goal is to make it to 120. Okay? I can wish for 120. We'll see what I think about it at 100. Um, I've got good genetics. I've got longevity in my genes. Okay? And I have a live a reasonably healthy lifestyle. I don't exercise as much as I should. I eat a little bit more than I should. But wishing for it is very, very different than an absolute confidence I'm going to make it to 120. Okay? Now, when God, when God says, if you're going to make it to 120, then I'll believe But until then, I'm left with just hoping and wishing. This is a confidence. I had a confidence. One of my earliest memories is being in front of my brother on some couch pillows going down some hardwood stairs. I had a confidence that he knew what he was doing. I still have confidence that he knew what he was doing and putting me in the front. Okay, because we went toppling down those stairs. Okay, so that was misplaced confidence. But, I, but not long after that, I remember being on the uh, second story platform and my dad being down on the ground below and saying, jump, I will catch you. I was no more than four. Okay, it's probably about three three or four at the time, and I, I remember flying. Yeah, falling with style. Yeah, that's what I was doing. I remember that. My dad caught me. I had a confidence in my dad. That was not misplaced. And I'll have to say that my dad, I called him up a number of times, and my dad said, wherever you are, whatever the situation, you call me, and I will come to get you out that situation unless you do drugs <laughs> so I knew, I knew the limits I knew the boundaries right so uh, it's impossible to please God if you don't believe God many people live their lives not believing God mistrust trust was the word that was used earlier <laughs> if I don't trust God then how in the world can I please him how can I be pleasing to him if I don't trust him? Do we, you know, so there's a time for questioning. The, the questioning is different. The, the questioning is building trust. So, uh, so I mean, that's kind, of, that's kind of what we do in a dating process. You know, we, we ask the person, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? How do you feel about so-and-so? Think about kids later on, you know, later on in a dating relationship, hopefully not on the first date. Okay? okay. We, we we experience this conversation that's going on and we develop some trust and some confidence. Okay. And so um, so we have to believe God and we also know that He exists. He exists. I had uh, some Chinese student that I was studying with back when we were in the old building. 
uh, on the other side of MTSU, uh, right across from the president's house. And uh, this Chinese student said, I don't understand your, and I've had a number of Chinese students that have said this, you're a physics person, you're a person of science, how can you believe in God? I still remember the words I told her. I said, look, science has told me some things. And then they have changed those things through the years. And they've changed what they changed. And they've changed what they've changed. But I read in the Word of God truths that when science contradicted it, I found the Bible to be true. Later on there was a discovery that the Hittites, as an example, archaeology said there was no Hittite group. The Bible talks about them over and over again in the Old Testament. There are no Hittites, the archaeologists said. And yet, in my lifetime, maybe in yours, Think about, about, yeah, probably not. Probably about 90, 95 or 96. They found evidence of the Hittites. Wow. In the 90s. Okay. Was the Bible true? Yeah. So every time God's told me something, I see it. I see the reality of it. And I have a confidence in that. I, I have every bit as much confidence of that as I do in, a, in the law of gravity. So I may not understand everything. Maybe, maybe there's something about Genesis 1 that I don't get. Maybe there's some nuance of language or of poetry or of the way Jews did time or something like that. But here's what I can stand on. God said he created the world. That's not just some legend. God told, inspired the Old Testament writers to write these things down. It's not just some history that was passed down from generation to generation to generation. It's truth. And I can stand with confidence on that. Nobody alive knew that the world was created in seven days. How do we define those days? You you can work that out if you need me to. I'll, I'll share with you my journey on that. But the bottom line is, I've got absolute confidence the Bible's right on that. The Bible means what it says on that. Why? Because I believe that God exists. So, all right. So we have a a confident knowledge. Faith is a certainty based on facts. Facts. Real tangible things that we can put our hands on. Faith is an assurance of things that are not even seen. And I like to use the example of love here. I think about how do I know my wife loves me? You know, she gets up and she fixes me breakfast. She uh, she does the laundry. I came in this morning. And she's got this nice folded laundry on my side of the bed. We put away. And, you know, she does all these things. And she tells me she loves me. Kisses me. Okay. So she says she loves me. There's a, there's a confidence I have, even though I can't see love. You can do all of those things and not love me, couldn't you? Okay? But I've got a confidence that she loves me. So there's the difference. And so I just had to, since, uh, since I took us there, if I can actually move this person here. person there that wants to show up on my... Come on, come on, come on. 
Yeah, it's not short up there. Okay. Can we get sound? We're short on time. Okay, well, this was, this was the, uh, yeah, okay. Uh, I've really messed things up now. Okay. This was the pillar on the roof where he says to his wife, do you love me? So, okay. Uh, but we're short on time, so he, he asks, do you love me? And she says, 25 years of cooked your food, I made your bed, or your children, I did this, I did that. I did he keeps saying, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? They're in an arranged marriage. You know, and they finally end up with, yes, I love you. And he says, well, I guess I love you too. Uh, you know, real heartwarming moment. Uh, <laughs> so it's kind of like my dad said to my mom, you know, I told you I love you when I married you. I'll let you know if it changes. Uh, you know, <laughs> not a real affection. <laughs> He's still, when I call him up, I say, I love you, dad. He goes, do you too? <laughs> so it's hard for him to say, I love you. So uh, that's a generational thing. Uh, anyway, uh, Romans 10, let's see what that says about how we gain, uh, we have knowledge that, gains, that comes from our experience with God. Somebody read Romans 4 here. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they say they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Catch that. Faith is coming from hearing and hearing the word about Christ. It's about the word. God has given us certain things, and he's written them down for us. He took the time to write them down. Remember, he wrote the Ten Commandments. And Moses broke them. Or, like Mel Brooks's History of the World, 15 Boots, Ten Commandments. Uh, okay, so the Ten Commandments, he took the time to write them down. And then he said, hey, Moses, second go around, you write them down. Okay, why? They're important enough for you to remember. We need to remember the Word of God. And he tells, his, he tells his people, put it in your brains, put it on your heart, write it on the door frames of your houses, share it with your children. When you go in, when you come out, go out, come in, okay? Uh, do all that, okay? Faith comes from hearing the message. The message is heard through the word about Christ. Christ is the word. Jesus is the word. The same God in the Old Testament is our God. The same God that reacted to the faith of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob reacts to the faith that we have, our confidence, our trust in him. We have knowledge. We gain that knowledge not, not through some supernatural means and other forms, but through uh, by exposing ourselves to the word of God as that comes into our hearts. It is supernatural that the Holy Spirit helps us to understand that. Let me just give you a let me give you a good example here, and we are we are basically out of time. We're real close to it. Here's a good example. The first time I went to China, 1998. Who was who was born in 1998? Here, 98 folks. Yeah. Okay. 1998. First time I go to China. Okay. I prayed on 
Wednesday morning, I prayed for some reason. I really don't know why. I prayed, Lord, if you want me to go to China, I, I have no idea why I prayed this, okay? Lord, if you want me to go to China, you're going to have to provide a way. I don't have enough money. I don't have a means to go to China. Thursday morning, I woke up. I, I, I prayed early in the morning. So I woke up. It's before 6 in the morning. I'm praying. I pray, Lord, if you want me to go to China, you're going to have to come up with a way. Friday morning, I wake up. Before I go to the other room to pray, the telephone rings. This is before 6 a.m. It's Cheryl's uncle. And he says, hey, Nick. I'm going to China. You want to go with me? No lie. No lie. Before six, I don't know how many calls you get before six a.m. But I don't get very many. And I don't get, you know, I don't get very many like that. He says, "Do you want to go with me?" I said, "Well, sure." But I don't have the means. I don't have the money to do that. And he said, "Oh, I got frequent flyer miles. You won't have to pay for your airline trip." I said, "I don't even have enough money at this point to pay for the hotel room." And he says. I gotta stay in the hotel room anyway. You just sleep in the other bed. All you gotta pay for is your food. At that time, you can eat in China a full service meal for a dollar. Full service meal in a restaurant. Okay, for a buck. Uh, I said, I think I can do that. I'm doing it. Yes. And he said, but I haven't told you when. I said, I don't think you understand. I prayed to God this, I prayed to God for this, and God said yes, so I'm going. Now, I believe that God answered my prayer. Okay? Do I have absolute faith that nothing bad is going to happen to me? No, God didn't promise me that I wouldn't go to prison. Our job was to smuggle Bibles into China, okay, into communist China. So they did, the underground church didn't have Bibles. And so we were smuggling Bibles from Hong Kong into China were what they called mules. Okay, just carrying Bibles across the border, store them in a room, take them out and deliver them. Okay. We get to the, we get to the customs people. The last trip we make in, and the woman says, uh, I, I did what I was just normally doing, which was just kind of ignoring customs. You could do that back then, 1998. I just kind of ignored them and walked past them. And being an American, they didn't, most of the time, they didn't actually call my hand on it and say, hey, you got to put your bag through here. But this time, the woman called my hand and said, you got to put your bag through here. I put my bag through there, she sees the Bibles. She opens it up. She says, uh, sorry, sir, you can't take these into China. I said, I don't have any reason. Uh, why can't I take these into China? She says, I'm sorry, sir, you can't take these into China. I said, why not? She says, I'm sorry, sir, you can't take these into China. She's just sticking with it, right? And I said, but these are gifts for my Chinese friend. She said, I'm sorry, sir, you can't take these into China. And I said, but you have a custom to give a gift. And it's a Chinese custom. It's not my custom. It's your custom. Guess what, folks? I knew like squat about Chinese customs. <laughs> okay? Somehow, I knew what to say. And a woman's face just changed in front of me. It was just like, oh, it is our custom. I have to, I have to let him take these gifts in. She says, 
Okay, but next time bring different gifts. Go ahead. Okay. I have another satchel full of Bibles on my shoulder that she didn't see. Okay, so the bottom line is, here's what I've been promised. I've been promised that if I would do God's will, that he, I've been promised this in the scripture, and so have you, that when you're brought, he said to his disciples, when you are brought before magistrates and public authorities, that he, with his spirit, will give you the words to say. When you don't know what to say, his spirit will give you the words to say. Guess what? I saw that that day. And I know I've got confidence, and it builds my faith because I went through that struggle. We pray sometimes that we don't get caught. We pray sometimes that nothing bad happens. But those are the opportunities God uses to build and establish our confidence that even in spite of our ineptness, that He is faithful and that He will bring us through these trials. And that's how we learn to walk. This is half of our lesson on faith. Next week as we look at it, we will explore some other things. I want to give you a verse, though. I will give you homework. Okay? Here's the homework right here. Okay? I would like for you to memorize 2 Peter 1, 1 through 11. At a minimum, if you, if you just cannot memorize, okay? 2 Peter 1, 1 through 11. If you can't memorize it, at least read it every day. At a minimum, read it every day. And I think you'll see how it ties in with our lesson on faith. Okay? Let's close in a prayer. Our Father God, we thank you so much for being faithful even when we're not. Lord, our confidence has to be in you. And um, Lord, be with us. Even as we're exposed to, to new ideas and to to strange ideas sometimes, Lord, and help us to make sense of it all. Help us to realize when people are just guessing and when people really know you and know the truth. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would bless, I pray that you would bless every one of these souls, Lord, that you would mature us all into the image of Jesus Christ to reflect to the world your perfect being. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen.